but I did know the Lord was saying, stay in ministry. That is what I want from you. And I don't know, through that whole process, we came up with this other job description. We talked it through with the advisory board, talked it through me and Michael, just like, what what should this new job description look like? And then we came up with it, and I came up at this very spot, and I was like, this is what I'm going to do, and these are the things that... uh, uh, will be on my plate of responsibility and it's going to be amazing. I was excited for it. And um, yeah, that's basically what happened at, I can't remember the exact time of that last family meeting, but then not even a week later, John Siebert called me. So before we get into who the heck John Siebert is, at this point, before this guy calls you, we were happy, uh, Mark and I, uh, with Mark staying on staff. So Mark decided, I'd like to be done doing kids' ministry. It was burning him out, and we thought we needed to bring someone in there that had some energy and some desire to keep doing it. Um, and so we weren't sure for a little bit what Mark's role was going to look like at Valley, whether that was going to be part-time or full-time or if he was going to have to go find some other work. Um, but we worked on a job description. We got some consultation. We worked with each other and our advisory board and some other outside people to help us figure out what does Valley need, how, what needs of those can Mark meet, and we presented that job description to you. I think it was in May or June. We were happy with it. We were feeling really good about it. We liked it. Carol was and is doing amazing at children's ministry. So things were good. We were happy, uh, and we were looking forward to the future. Yeah? Okay. But then that very next week, after we announced that to the church, we're excited about what's coming up, that very next week, this guy, John Siebert, calls Mark. Yeah, so some of you uh, where John works uh, had been looking for a person to uh, head up and start a youth group for them at their battleground campus. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, Um, whatever. Um, I didn't feel necessarily like I used to be a youth pastor at uh, Morningstar, and I did youth ministry with John um, a lot, but I was like, I feel like I'm at Valley. This is like where I'm supposed to be. But because of who he is, I felt like I needed to give, uh, I don't know, just kind of the respect, the, yeah, you're my old mentor. I totally will hear you out and listen to what this job is all about. Um, And so uh, let's rewind even further. You can uh, dive back into the history of Mark Rima here. Uh, Back in 2008, I was still at Concordia University. and <laughs> it existed I, back then. Yeah, wait, yeah, they don't exist anymore. Um, but I was just starting to follow Jesus. I was 21, and I was like, oh my goodness, like, who is Jesus? I think I need to follow him. I started going to this Bible study uh, that was run by some of you church, and I s- progressively basically became a Christian, and I can't tell you exactly, like, when that happened, but I was like, Jesus is now my Lord and Savior, let's go, and all the people in that group were a part of the youth group at the time, and youth leaders, so they're like, Mark, you should go check it out, so I had sushi with John Siebert, and he's like, this is what the youth group's all about, and I was like, "Mm, yeah, let's do that, that sounds fun, and he's like, you should even check out the winter camp if you want, I was like, okay, that sounds like a lot, turned out youth group was awesome. I was like, yeah, this is so much fun. We're throwing Cheetos at people's faces and laughing and making fun of each other and then worshiping Jesus. What could be better? Um, And then I went to winter camp. And this is where 
my love of youth ministry like began basically I was supposed to lead with a, an experienced leader and that leader got sick and I was leading b- by myself like a brand new Christian and some kid in the group is like I want to follow Jesus and I was like I think I know how to help you with that and with the help of some of like one of those little like Christian kids that know Jesus since he was two you know um, he was like we should pray this. I was like, yeah, we should. And the whole experience was just bonkers when I think about it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Just seeing the kid come alive in the spirit right in front of me and just starting to worship Jesus. It was freaking crazy. Anyway, um, after that, I dove into youth ministry like crazy. I was just like, John, when can I hang out? teach me more, show me more. So I kept showing up and he would give me this book to read. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I come back a week later and, and continue that process over and over again. And then eventually I became an intern for him. I was there so much. He's like, you might as well like get an official title and we can throw something on a resume for you if you're going to be here this much. So I was like, okay, let's do it. So I did that for like two years or so. And then I became a high school director for him. Uh, eventually and I don't know just learned how to run a summer camp saw like these crazy kids making stupid decisions decide to follow Jesus and turn completely the opposite direction it was just like the most contagious thing I've ever been a part of and just seeing it every week was so so cool and then and then um, basically um, I met Kristen there so, like, this is kind of like her part of the story, but Kristen also went to some of you growing up um, and was a part of the high school youth group. And then she's like, it's time for me to graduate. I'm going to go on a mission trip. So she goes on this two-year mission trip. It's uh, part of Operation Mobilization. She's gone for two years. Some of you is uh, her sending church. They support her financially. And then after that two-year mission trip, she comes back and becomes John Siebert's admin. And then because I am the high school director and because she's the admin, we're just hanging out all the time. And I I was yelled at by the executive pastor to go ask her out and stop distracting her. So I did, and I was like, cool. And she said yes, and we fell in love at this place. And essentially, like, there's just all this history here. at some of you together, um, learning to follow Jesus. This can't look at you. <laughs> Falling in love. <laughs> um, and then eventually, like when we get, would get married, um, the campus that we're going to, uh, we got married in that same town at one of the people who go to some of you battlegrounds. So um, there's just all these connections and ties and just so much history and great memories with John um, and some of you, so it's really like a homecoming for us. So John's a big deal to both of you. Maybe. Um, When he asked you to meet, so this would have been in June, I think, you told me, I'm not really, he told me, I'm not really interested in youth ministry. I don't want to leave Valley. We started this together, Mark and I and Kenny, and uh, he was, 
basically was just trying to reassure me. I just want to meet with him because he's like my mentor and I respect him and I want to hear him out. But I don't really want to leave. And I was like, yeah, go meet with him. That's great. Um, so you meet with him. But at this point, neither of us is thinking that you are going to be interested in what he has to offer. Correct? Yeah. Okay. So this is uh, probably a key component of this was the communication between Michael and I. Um, I feel like I've had this like at different jobs when you're looking at a, another job, you feel like you're kind of like sneaking around, sending in your resume or going for an interview. But in this case, like Michael knew about it, like kind of like exactly on the same timeline as I was. She's like, did John call you? Did <laughs> I was like, he did. Like, how did you know all this stuff? But so because of that, um, we were able to talk about it and a lot of the, I don't know, tensions or anxiety about like even like allowing myself to go talk with uh, John about this new job was a lot of those concerns were eased. And at the time, again, I didn't think I was going to be interested in the job because again, Valley and we just bought a house and I don't know, Cedar. We were just like, man, we're probably like going to be here for the long haul till like we either die or <laughs> something crazy happens. Well, this is something crazy, I guess. But um, however, after meeting with uh, John, I was very surprised to find out and realize that youth ministry was still in me and stewing around at, and just talking and reminiscing old stories and all the dumb stuff we used to do um, and all the games we used to play with the kids and uh, how a lot of games that we played then probably wouldn't be allowed now and so many things like that. But anyway, um, after that, I just realized that I think the Spirit put something in my heart and changed it so that I, there was like this stirring happening within me that I was not... Uh, aware of before, but this was like kind of the beginning of that. And then also with conversations with Kristen, um, she had a strong sense of like, you should check this out, seek it out, um, because it seems like it's worthwhile. And I was like, okay, let's, let's continue on with this process um, and talking through it with Michael the whole time. And uh, what steps were coming up and how that process was going. So you come back from your meeting with John and to the surprise of both of us are actually interested in it. Kristen sensed that God might be throwing you guys in that direction so there's conversations between us, there's lots of praying and discerning and so begins this kind of semi-lengthy process of a lot of meetings and interviews over the months of July and August during which it became even more clear to you that this was, in fact, something that God was leading you to. So you have your meetings and your interviews, and they like you, you like them. Walk us through kind of the final part of the process, how you arrived here, where we are. Yeah, so um, my, my final interview uh, with the lead pastor was on Thursday, September 25th, and this was after a long process of multiple interviews and the craziest questionnaire of my life. Um, I told everyone that it was like the final exam uh, for seminary that I never took. And it was just really hard and took me two weeks to complete. Um, but anyway, I met with their lead pastor 
and it went really well, and we're talking about final steps of what it would look like to be hired and things like that. Um, and so, I, again, September 25th was the day that I met, and on the following Monday, the 29th, I was supposed to receive the official offer, paperwork, PDF, get an electronic signature and all that, and I was gonna uh, accept the offer. So one of the bonus things about uh, moving to Battleground was the close proximity to Kristen's family. And um, we were like, that was like one of the exciting parts about this, like, oh, we can uh, build a deeper and better relationship with her family. Um, and then on Sunday, the uh, 27th, Kristen, we were getting ready for church and she got a call from her brother that her dad had basically his airway closed and he had a cardiac event and went to the hospital. He lost uh, his pulse for 15 minutes and the paramedics brought him back after 15 minutes, but after 15 minutes, there's a very low chance that there, uh, of any brain activity and his long-term prognosis was bleak. So we drove up there, hung out with family, just like in a state of shock, like kind of forgot like all this stuff was happening. But the one bright spot that Kristen was able like to reassure her mom like, hey, we're, we're coming up here. And she's like, I'm gonna need you guys up here. And then on Monday the 28th, the next day, I received the official offer. And on Tuesday, I accepted that offer. Um, but sadly, um, after a lot of scans and the family uh, seeing, hearing what the doctors had to say, they decided to remove uh, life support from her dad, and she passed away on Wednesday. And he passed away on Wednesday, the 31st. And at that point, it was clear. We're like, man, the Lord has been leading us, like out of nowhere almost to like come to this church like not out of nowhere because it was like a familiar place and people but like why now why is all this stuff happening and then we got an extra reason to go uh, and being able to support Kristen's family and I don't know what Michael said while uh, for the prayer request time when we were telling people about uh, Kristen's dad but Kristen uh, her parents legally adopted uh, her brother's son. So even though they're like grandparents, they have their parents again. And uh, his name is Elijah. They've been watching him since he was a baby. He's now 12 years old. And her mom uh, is going to be a single mom with Elijah, basically. So there's this really, really amazing opportunity. Um, just like crazy sad all at the same time. But we get to be there and help uh, be a part of the family and it's yeah it would have been hard for Kristen especially knowing like I'm so far away from my mom but now being able to be close there's just this extra reassurance and comfort and being able to be there for her mom especially uh, after the hardest moment of her entire life so yeah it just seems so clear I mean having kind of walked and talked through the maybe you will, maybe you won't, what's the interviewing and the meetings, feeling you guys kind of the tug to be there. Not, it's, it seemed to me you're like, I don't know why I want to go there, but I feel like I do. And now after Kristen's dad passing, it just 
though it is just incredibly sad, it does seem clear that this is what God has been doing in your guys' life. And um, yeah. So you have officially accepted the position. And when do you start there? <laughs> Slash when are you done here? Uh, my my uh, official uh, start day there is October 2nd. And um, my last day here is September 25th, the last Sunday this month. So just, just in a couple of weeks. So because Mark's last Sunday is the 25th, um, we're basically going to have like a combo goodbye to the Arimas celebration on the 25th, and then that will also kind of be our Valley Church two-year or three-year anniversary celebration. So usually we celebrate on the first Sunday in October, but we're like, Mark's not going to be here. That would be really stupid. And so we're just going to bump it up a week early. So mark your calendars on Sunday the 25th. We're going to do some type of potluck dinner, something to celebrate Valley's anniversary and also... Um, celebrate the Arimas and what God's doing in their life. You want Taco Bell at it? No. It's like, we could do that. Colby would love that. Um, He's going to deliver a farewell pastoral exhortation of epic proportions. I don't know how epic. Oh, it better be (laughs) be epic. (laughs) Um, So that's happening. I know it's big news. Um, And perhaps you have questions or concerns kind of floating around your mind right now. One of them perhaps being... Greta left our worship leader a few months ago. Mark's leaving now. What's going on? Um, I just want to tell you, they are just totally separate events. And sometimes life works that way. They're not related to anything going on at Valley or anything to do with me, unless Mark and Greta have lied to me really successfully. I love Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is just God doing something in our world, in our life, in Mark's life. Um, shaking things up and moving his people where he wants them to be. And I know how it could look from the outside with like these kind of staff changes happening in, in quick succession. Um, but I just wanted to assure you that I'm, I'm okay and our church is okay. We're going to be here. Um, when God moved Greta to Salem Alliance, that, we trusted that that was God taking care of Greta, doing exactly what he needed to do with her, and that he's also going to take care of Valley. And I think the same is true with Mark. Um, and Kristen and their family that what God is doing now is exactly his plan for them and we can trust that and believe that he's leading them to the next best thing for them and we can also though it's sad for us we can believe and agree that that's also what's best and good for Valley in our future Um, there's some pastor friend in my life I cannot remember who said it Uh, he said you can never lose people to the will of God They're not lost from your family or your church family or your life. We're not doing things wrong when people leave because they're following what God is drawing them to. We can be sad and uncertain and uncomfortable. We can mourn how things change with time. But we're not losing people. The kingdom of God is uh, better when people like Mark and Kristen obey, especially when it's um, difficult and when it means um, moving in a time like this. So this is a... Though it doesn't feel like it, it is a win for everybody. But that doesn't mean that it's not sad. Um, maybe you're wondering how I'm feeling in all of it. And if you, if you are, we could talk in more in depth about it if you'd like to. But I mostly 
am very sad. I'm very happy for Mark and Kristen, and I fully believe that this is God's plan for them, and I support this decision, but if it was up to me, I would not let it be happening right now. Um, you also might be wondering, what's next for Valley? What, is, what does this mean, Mark leaving in October? Um, I'll tell you this, at this point, we don't plan on immediately rehiring for Mark's position. He is irreplaceable, could never do it. Um, and we have some other convictions and kind of ideas about how to lead our church in this next season as Mark steps away. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to have some conversations about what's next for Valley. This is kind of when we would do kind of a vision series and talk about what God has for us and what we want to do. And so come back over the next two, three weeks, and we'll talk through um, how Valley will kind of adjust and adapt moving forward. If you have any questions at all, any concerns, please, please feel totally free to come and talk to me or Mark. Um, we are trying to be as open and as honest as possible about the whole process. That's why we wanted to dedicate this time to talk about it with you guys and share everything that we could possibly share. Mark and I are both under communicators, and so this was us like trying to tell the story and tell you guys exactly how it happened so that we could not under-communicate about the whole process. Um, so please come ask us any questions if you have any um, with that said, we're going to move on with our night. We're going to take communion together, and we're going to worship together.